0: Christian, I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello, and there she is sitting on the side, and we are back again with another episode of the Abnormal Christian. I want to thank you again for listening and continuing to come back to the podcast, even though we've been gone away for quite some time. Um, been very very busy uh, here lately. Uh, I just uh, I worked nine days, and eight out of the nine days were twelve hours long. Today was not, thankfully. Um, Somebody took pity on you Yes, they did So I have to work tomorrow It's going to make it 10 days in a row Um, And then I'm going to take some time off of work Because it's nonsense Work is nonsense, right? So I've been real busy with uh, work And all the things that go along with it And uh, trying to find some time to get back around to the podcast And kind of have some subjects So anyway, in this episode we're going to look at uh, a church sign Church signs. That's gonna be the name of this episode. It's called Church Signs. So what do you think? What do you think we're gonna talk about real quick? Because you know I have pet peeves. If you had to guess. I don't know. I already told you I'm tired. Oh well it's in it's in the title, it's in the name of the show, it's in the name of this episode. What do you think that episode name is? Church signs. So it's gonna be about church signs. Then no, she seems like she's a little lost on that. So it's yeah, about church signs. So anyway, basically, um, I saw this church sign uh, yesterday. Uh, well, I don't really know if it was yesterday. I think it was in the last week or so. Saw it again today. Uh, it's a local church near where I work, and they have a sign out front. Every church generally does it. They have a nice little sign. And I'm sure they've got someone who's in the church who goes out there and they put up a catchy little slogan or something for people to read as they drive by. And the idea is you want to catch people's attention because you want to draw them into your congregation, into your church. You want them to come and say, oh, that was, I like the church sign. It's either information about uh, what you're doing for Sunday school or um, what's going on in your church, or usually it's some little quip, you know, somebody, uh, somebody wrote about the world, the world may have you down, but Jesus is lifting you up, you know, something like that. I mean, so it's always something, but there's always these little interesting things that I see on church signs that I argue with as I drive. And this was one of those things. And so this church sign was sitting outside in front of this church. It's a older church uh, near where I work. And on the church sign, you're going to like this. You're going to really like Emma. this. It says, and, and we're going to see if we can find the flaws in the logic. There's a couple of things. But anyway, it says, you are God's righteousness. You are God's right. That's all it says. It doesn't have a verse. It doesn't have anything else on it. All it says is, you are God's righteousness. Now, you know me, and you know how easily I get caught up into these things because I find them to be slightly aggravating. Um, and How so we in any way, Oh, a- <laughs> look, you're going there. You see, you're going there immediately it went to your mind, the same question that I would have. So, and maybe that's the, the, maybe that's the position of the sign is to get people to question. I don't know, but I think there's a couple of things that, um, really bother me. There's the thing that really, there's one specific thing that really bothers me about what's on this church sign. Could you guess what that would be? It's at an intersection, and there's a, it's at a, like a stoplight, so there's four ways. Cars are always coming and going. That is on the church sign out front of the church. What is it about what's on that church sign would aggravate me so desperately? All right, she's shaking her head. She's putting us at the center. That's true, putting us at the center, but there's something else beyond that. Go outside of it. Say it's not you're not a Christian. What if you're not a Christian and you pull up at that stoplight and you look across over there at that field and you see a sign that says a church, and the sign says you are God's righteousness? Well, I'm not very righteous, so. But if you're if you're a sinner, you're lost. You're not born again. You're not right with God. You're in a not very righteous. No. Why don't you just tell me what I'm supposed to be saying? <laughs> well, I'm trying to see if you, you would get it. So it's the same idea that we talk about when, um, and it'll lead into another discussion too about worship. But it's the same idea of people coming together to worship. And you have Christians who are there and you have lost people who are there. And the question I've asked before is, should lost people be worshiping with Christians? Should they Do they have a place to worship God beside a Christian? If you're a lost person, should you be worshiping? I mean, you're lost. Right? Yes. So the question is, is when a lost person pulls up to the stoplight and they look across the field and they see a sign that says you are God's righteousness, does that anyway call them to repentance? No. Does it reinforce the idea? You're okay how you are. There you go. You're okay how you are. Now, if the church sign were to say Christians are God's righteousness, that would still be somewhat inaccurate. Um, But the simple fact that it says you are God's righteousness is, is it's bothersome. Because for you know, for me, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, I, I ride, I go with my buddy to lunch sometimes, and he's seeing this church sign, and and what he's, you know, I don't know where he's at really in his relationship with God. Yes, you do. Maybe I do, <laughs> um, but I'm not trying to, you know. Maybe I do, but he's looking at that because I asked him that today. And funny, crazily enough, he was able to answer it the right way. And he, because I saw it and I said, look at that. I said, do you know why that gets on my nerves? And he's like, uh, because even he knew, he said, we're not, we're not righteous. I said, exactly. I said, that sign over there is saying that you're God's righteousness. And that's exactly what it says, but we're not, we're not God's righteousness. And the Bible says there are none righteous. No, No, not not one. one. It doesn't say there are none righteous except for a couple of people, these guys over there in the corner hanging out doing their thing. No, it doesn't say that at all. It says there's none righteous, no, not one. It also says there's none that doeth good. There's none that seeketh after righteousness, right? So the Bible tells us that we are not righteous at all. That is the whole purpose and point of the gospel. And it's sitting on a church sign in front of a church saying that you are God's righteousness and that in, in itself is the opposite of the gospel because what we should be saying is that we are desperately wicked. Now you don't want to put that on a church sign because then people are going to say, somebody might be offended, right? Somebody's going to be offended. Somebody's going to be upset. But so what if the whole world gets offended? What if the world gets offended so much that they report it in newspapers? What if the local newspaper in that town where I work were to say, Oh, this church over here has a sign up that said everyone is wicked and they need to repent. You know, um, while that may offend a vast majority of people, there might be one single person who says, Oh, you know, I never knew that. I never thought of it that way. Maybe I do need to repent. Maybe I do need to be, you know, um, right with God. Maybe I need to get that in my life. So, you know, it, it, number one, that's the one thing that aggravates me the most is that, um, you know, we're, we're giving this message. This message is out there to the lost, um, that you are God's righteousness. But isn't church just all about feeling happy Well, and not being...
1: It depends. Made on, uncomfortable. I, I'm
0: gonna say it depends on which campus you go to. So, I, maybe that was a shot in the dark. I don't know. But it really, I think it depends on the group you go to. That's that's the world. The world wants you to feel okay. The devil wants you to feel okay. He wants you to feel like. There's nothing wrong. There's no, you know, I think, uh, I think people oftentimes are, I said it the other day, that if you, if you wake up every day and you're a sinner and you're not absolutely terrified of the wrath of God, then you've somewhere in your mind either made peace with where you're going to go and die and spend eternity, or you're just ignoring it. And it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. Well, it's like someone who maybe doesn't have the best hygiene, we'll okay. just say. no, and, and they're always stinking. And you're like, correct. well, I know this is going to hurt their feelings, right. but... Well, I that's love the you analogy. To you know. Tell you, you are stinky. Right, and that's the you know that's the analogy I heard. Um, I think Ray Comfort maybe at one time had said that, you know, people like to say, um, you know, why does why do bad things happen to good people? And you know, the answer was, uh, well, there's why why are there stinky people in the world? There's so much soap, you know, and the idea that if you don't apply it to your life, it, what difference does it make? You're going to stink. Um, so, you know, we consider now the second, the second thing I would be aggravated with the sign about you are God's righteousness is because I don't believe it. Um, I believe that Jesus and the scripture says he is God's righteousness imparted to us, um, imputed upon us, applied to us. You know, we used to sing that old church, hymn, um, washing the blood, right? Washing the blood. Um, Your sins be as uh, scarlet, they're white as snow. And I've been, are you washed in the blood of the lamps? The question. We keep asking over and over. They're going to sing it now. Um, and that's because God is, is a, Applying his righteousness to us. It's not that we ourselves have any righteousness of our own. Um, We are not, you know, we're we're absolutely completely undone in front of God and without righteousness. And to say that you are God's righteousness. No, that's not accurate. That's pretty sad and pitiful. It's not. Yeah, it's not accurate. Um, Jesus himself is the righteousness of God. And him in my life, when he looks at me, he sees his son and he sees me through that lens. He sees who Christ is in my life. And that righteousness is what saves me. And, and that's the, ma- the, the fact of the matter of salvation. And honestly, I don't know if this church preaches that, but um, but that's the, the fact of salvation is that it's the righteousness of Christ because we were not able to keep it. We weren't able to keep the law. We weren't able to keep the commands of God. We're not able to keep those perfectly. Um, it's his righteousness that is applied in my place. And, and he, he, took, he bore the punishment of me failing God um, that really belonged to me. And so it comes at it that way. And the other side of this, too, is uh, what I was talking about, the worship side there. So because I was thinking about some of that. I, I'm a little all over the place in this episode, so hang with me. But um, I was thinking about worship this week because I really get aggravated. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, it's where the old people hang out. It's where we hang out. Right. Old people are on Facebook. And I get these ads. If, if you've been on Facebook, you know these ads pop up every two or three. Um, I don't post. Somebody will post something. Every two or three ads, something will oh, post something. somebody else. you might be interested in this. Yeah, and it's 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 late-night TV stuff that they don't sell anymore, and you can buy off of Facebook, crazy stuff. But there's always these things on there, and I guess because Facebook caters to your likes, they know what you read, they know what you watch. If you're doing it on Facebook, they know it. Um, but I get these things on there about worship and I get these things on how to be a better worship leader and how to, uh, there, there's one that's on there now. It's, um, it's about, it's this group of people that's going to teach you how to play your instruments, your guitars and your drums and all these things more effectively so that you can create a better worship experience. And that's exactly what they say. We're going to help you create a better worship experience. And I watched one and there was two guys sitting there playing guitar and this guy's talking about holding the note, you know, really getting into it. So you really, and I'm doing like the motions here. Um, but but really getting into it so that you can elicit this emotional feeling from people, right? And so that that really sparked my mind to thinking about worship of God. And and I think we've talked about it before, but i like to go back and hit it again real quick. Um, because I think it's really imperative, and I think we really need to really go back and look at what we're doing. Uh, so and these people really they they prove the point because there's no one who is saying I I don't see ads on Facebook for somebody who is leading worship in the church in their church and saying here I'm going to teach you how to prepare your heart to worship God which is you need to repent and you need to get right with God before you go into worship him see in the temple uh, in the Old Testament when they would go into the Holy of Holies to pray or uh, there were different times where they had to do what was called a mikveh. in Hebrew it's called mikvah Um, it's a baptizing it's a washing they had to wash themselves uh, to be in the presence of God the high priest did. And so we we come to church on Sunday morning and this is generally the standard modus operandi, the standard way the churches operate. You come in, you sit down, somebody stands up, reads some announcements, then they stand up, you all sing. Um, everyone sings together and they w- worship what we, what we call worship. Um, and then they sit down, you know, we pass the plate, they stand up and sing. If you go to a Baptist church, you stand up and sing, you sit down, you stand up and sing, you sit down. You sing verse one, two, three, and four, and you don't miss one. Because um, I grew up that way, I know. But Anyway, then the preacher gets up and he preaches his message. Well, at the end of the message, he offers, uh, you know, sometimes they do an altar call. They want people to come down front and pray. Um, And so they'll do that. But, you know, really going back to all this idea, because to me, it seems like the world is very, and the church itself is becoming very consumed with this worship experience, the, the worship of God. It's not even so much about the preaching that comes after it sometimes as it is sitting here together and singing and having this emotional movement and, um... And really doing that. And so, you know, I was really I was looking at those things on Facebook and I was really thinking, where's the person who's going to say, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we have that time where we come in before we do anything and we, we have a time of prayer and we have a time of repentance? Um, someone's standing up to call the congregation to repent before we worship God and we come before him. Let's make sure we're, our hearts are clean. Let's make sure we're right before Him. Let's have that time of prayer where we stop what we're doing. And uh, if we've, you know, if we know that we've openly sinned against God, we confess those sins to Him and we ask Him to cleanse us from those sins because He says He will. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we take that time before we go in to worship Him because I think what happens is. Um, And that might help you weed out some of the people who are not saved, who are not born-again believers. Because they have this experience before the worship that I don't know anything about. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's this idea that they're coming in and they're saying, why are these people, you know, why are they all down on the floor praying and why are they telling God that they're sorry? And why are they? Because I think once we get our hearts and we talk about the unity of Christ, once we get our hearts to the point that we're, we're cleansed before the Lord, you know, once we get our hearts and our minds to the point that we know that God has forgiven us of our sins and our um, transgressions against him, then as a body, you can have that corporate unity to worship God. You know, I mean, if, Imagine if someone has, has done something horribly wrong all week long. Someone is out here doing, uh, I don't know, they're stealing. Maybe, maybe they're a thief, and they're just stealing stuff left and right. And, and then they come in on Sunday morning, and they think, if I come to church, I'm okay with God as long as I, I give them my Sunday. So then they walk in, and they sit down with everyone else. They stand up, and they start to sing, and they get caught up in the emotion of singing, and they get caught up in the feeling of being okay with God. And then they hear a nice sermon, and they leave well it didn't really do anything for them, but if they come in and, and the the leader the pastor the the song leader, whoever um, brings those folks together and sits them down and says we're going to we're going to have this time of repentance we 're going to repent of our sin, and you know we don't have to go specifically, we know there's sin in the world we 're going to repent of that sin, and then we 're going to spend some time worshiping God. I think that sets a different tone for that service than um than what we currently do, and I think we're to me that's more opportunity to get the gospel out in front of people is to say that we've got to have this moment before we worship God of cleansing of our hearts because it's 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 always interesting to know can come before him and he will forgive us of our sins. And it's just like having that relationship with somebody. Um, if, if I do something against you, and, and I, I see this all the time, um, if I do something against you and I've, I've hurt your feelings or something like that, uh, the best example, I'm going to give you the best example, just hit me in the head. Best example is when somebody borrows 20 bucks from you or $20 from you, and they say they're going to pay you back. And then you see them every day and they don't pay you back. How do, There's that. You know, there's that uncomfortable tension between the two of you because you know something is owed that hasn't been returned. And you know that they they say they're going to, and you walk around with this, well, you know. And then it goes on for time. Say it goes on for more time, a week, two weeks. And then you're just kind of starting to be like, oh, well, they're never going to give me my money back. You know, I mean, there's that tension, right? And so I think there's that tension that we have between us and God that when we sin against him, and it's not on his side because he's willing and able to forgive us of our sin. He's sitting there waiting to forgive us of our sin, but on our side, we, we, that pride that's in us says, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to repent of that. That wasn't that big of a deal. You didn't, you know, I mean, you didn't really do anything wrong. What does God expect? He knows you're a human. He knows you're going to fail. Um, so being able to have that time before you actually worship God makes, I think it makes a big difference. I think it can make a big difference in a church or a congregation and really change people's hearts. But also understanding, going back to the original point of this, is that um, Jesus is God's righteousness. <laughs> he is He's the only righteousness that there is. He's the only thing that perfects us. It's not in our own strength or our, by our own doing. It's by him and him alone. Um, so, you know, that's church signs. And, you know, this is a short episode. Really just wanted to hit that real quick. Um if you have thoughts about that, go ahead and, and uh, email us at uh, theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. You can email us uh, there, or you can hit us up on Facebook or on any of the other places where we might still be. Yeah, uh, where well, you might find us lurking. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't been around uh, too much here lately, and uh, we might have an episode once every three months. I never know. It uh, just really depends. We're pray, trying. Yeah, just pray for us uh, so that uh, God will kind of settle things down in our own lives and help us to get back to doing this. We really like doing it. Um, and uh, we hope it's uh, beneficial for the Lord himself. Uh, But we do appreciate you listening. We hope you continue to listen, and we just uh, pray that God will continually bless you and all that you do. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye.